It is Bronze and Modern Gods. A little late. I'm John. That's Richard. Hey, Hi, everybody. Hi, John. Well, you know, we have lives, people. What do you want from us? Uh, sorry, but we're still here. It's still Friday evening. Uh, and if you're not following us on Facebook and Instagram at Bronze and Modern Gods, you probably should. And if you like this video, um, you know, when it's over, you like it, uh, you don't have to decide right now, but we would appreciate a thumbs up and subscribe. And if you had hit the notification bell earlier, you would know this video was going live tonight. We have a bonus episode. You know what that means. Your questions, your comments, our responses. We also have the Instagram Market Watch with Ali from Elite underscore Comics 11. Three huge, huge, huge sales this week. Uh, and just a reminder... Richard, I think you're wearing something very fashionable. Yes, I am. I am wearing a bronze and modern gods t-shirt. If you would like one, make sure you go to the description below and get the link there or go to bronzeandmoderngods.com and hit the T public badge. I have to readjust uh, my back. I'm like 125 years old. <laughs> I feel you. But first, before we get going, we have breaking news. Richard, Amazing Fantasy number 15 has sold for $3.6 million. I think you're bearing the lead there, John. It was a 9.6 <laughs> Amazing Fantasy, which by itself is, is you know, uh, that's a unicorn. It's insane. Uh, now, just to put this in perspective, the previous record holder was an 8.5 of Action Comics number one that sold for $3.25 million earlier this year. Now, this was all done through Heritage Auctions. I will not say anything bad about Heritage Auctions, who are currently getting questioned a lot about their video game sales uh, and I'll let you guys go at it in the comments. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know if if the buyer premium is included in this three point six million? Uh, it, it, that's everything. That's three point six million is the recorded sale. So I'm assuming that's all in there. Uh, and you know, um, a Spider an Amazing Fantasy fifteen nine point six. There's more than one. Did you know that? Wow! Can you imagine a book nine point six of that book in your collection? I kudos. And congratulations to the buyer. Did it survive as a 9.6 or has it been bumped up to a 9.6 through many means? I'm sure it has. It has to have been. You know, when, when you get to books this valuable, there are a lot of incentives for CGC or CBCS, whoever's grading it, to have it the highest grade possible because it becomes a showcase for your, um, you know, for your, for your uh, company. So you can say, you know, this particular book was graded by my company and uh, it has a value of $3.6 million. It's an instant marketing tool. So you, you never know. Did it get a little bit of a nudge over the line because of that? I look at things like the Promise Collection with a lot of 9.8s and a lot of 9.6s. And I know there's, uh, there's the uh, apocryphal golden age grading curve. Uh, when I look at some of the promise books, I'm like, yeah, it's for real because some of those are not 9.6s and some of them are definitely not 9.8s. If you look, you guys buy the book, not the right. label. Right. If these had been Ultimate Fallout 4s, for <laughs> example, they would never have gotten the grades that they've gotten, uh, you know, being Golden Age books. 
But wow, we'll talk a little bit more about this sale when we have Ali on later. But let's go on to viewer mail. You've got mail. And the first piece of viewer mail I have is from Dope Comics. Yo, that's <laughs> dope. Yeah, I'm showing my age and my yes, you are. Yes, you um, are. Double. <laughs> double, yes, double whammy. <laughs> The Silver Age Dell Universal Monster comics are way undervalued. The Creature from the Black Lagoon copy has an awesome cover, agreed. And the Dracula movie issue comic is very rare. There's also Frankenstein and a cool mummy comic. Yes, uh, those Dell Universal Monster comics are really cool. And I do think there is an audience for them for mm -hmm. sure. Just don't get confused with the later Dell Monster comics like uh, Dracula and Werewolf where they're superheroes and they're really awful. <laughs> um, make sure you go with the Universal Dell mm -hmm. Monsters, not yeah. the, the Dell Superhero Monster books. And if you're, if you're a person of a certain age, you remember Saturday mornings watching you know tv and you know after your cartoons are over typically you had a monster movie or saturday night you had a monster movie and frankenstein and dracula and wolfman and 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 uh, the mummy uh were a part of that kind of that part of that mythos either the original or one of the 400 versions of frankenstein movies that came out before poor boris karloff passed away um yeah, so I think there definitely is an audience for this if you talk about nostalgia alone. But I think the collectability of these um, are, is going to be something that's timeless. Good old shock theater. Yeah. Or if you're from certain parts of the Midwest, Big Chuck and Little John or The Ghoul. Mm -hmm. The Ghoul yeah, Son, yeah, Son of Svenguli. Mm -hmm. Elvira. Elvira. <laughs> Vampira, if you are ancient. Uh, what's your first piece of viewer mail? My first piece of mail is from Patrick Montero, and this is in regards to I wasn't I wasn't aware. Uh, Mad Magazine is still around, although the magazine is not available on newsstands anymore. They can still be found in comic shops or via subscription. The bulk of the content and new issues are reprints from earlier issues, but there is some new content included. Plus, DC Comics will continue to produce Mad Magazine specials with original content. Uh, you know, this this warms this warms my heart because. Uh, Mad Magazine was one of those magazines that I remember reading alongside comics back in the day. Um, the thing, though, is, you know, you know, he mentions a lot of reprints. A lot of the content from those magazines were very, very topical to the times they were written to. So, you know, I really, you know, is it really as funny, those jokes about Richard Nixon today <laughs> as they were in 1972? Uh Interesting. I, I'm I'm curious to see what see what these are. So I'm going to track one down and uh, and read it just to see if I if I can capture a little bit of that nostalgia. I have a feeling that Dean Martin parody will resonate just <laughs> as much today. Uh, I was going to say you, you said it warms your heart. I was going to ask you, does it warm your heart enough to buy an issue? <laughs> I'll buy one. I, think about this. You know, the back cover of this magazine was designed to be folded. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll jack me folded. Yeah. So can you imagine how rare a 9.8 of this book must be? Because the the first, you know, inclination of any kid was to sit there and, and see the, you know, the, the folded piece of work. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll buy one. I'm definitely curious after 40 years, what in the world does this thing look like nowadays? 
there are a couple of uh, immortal covers that I would not mind having in my collection. And one of them, my favorite one, which to this day, I cannot believe uh, either how, how sensitive we've gotten as a society or how bold they were to get away with it was in the uh, mid seventies. They had a cover where it was just a close up of someone's hand. And they said they were the number one Uh, magazine. (laughs) Yes, you know, a lot of those a lot of things around that title are definitely you have to be sensitive to the time they were made. <laughs> um and if you can accept that you know the circumstances may have been different for for that time. And and this this also applies to golden age books. Uh some of the racism that is rampant in golden oh. age books would never would never fly today, but it's a part of the culture and the time and you have to accept that and uh to be able to appreciate those books, you know, appropriately. So yeah, yeah. It, it not even not even you know the racial depictions or things like that. Not even that. It, it surprises me. Just uh, just the outright um, uh, like the, the the National Lampoon cover, the the immortal one of uh, buy this magazine or we'll shoot this dog. <laughs> and the dog's eyes are like. <laughs> oh boy, I wonder. If, I, I I really wonder if what if spikes a sale spiked that particular. <laughs> everybody knows that cover. Yeah. All right. My next piece is from Nick Parrish. Uh, once again, hi Nick. Um, hearing about this third show you guys are planning is great news, and I would definitely pay and support the new show. Thank you. I'm interested to hear what suggestions you guys have for books on the new show, since I'm now looking for all four Nightside books. After John recommended it almost two weeks ago. Thanks, Nick. I didn't pick this out to uh, encourage you all. I picked this out to give you guys an update. Apple Podcast is a mess. Um, yeah, yeah, we we want to host it there. There's a lot of stuff you have to go through. You have to go through approval process, fill out some tax forms. And for some reason, they, and I filled it out correctly, Richard, you know, I'm a computer guy like you. I know what I'm doing. I'm not dumb. Right. And OCD too, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) For some reason, after I filled out every portion of the form, it has my legal name at the top and it has my podcast name, Bronze and Modern Gods, under my legal name field in the tax submission form. And of course, it's grayed out and it will not allow me to edit it. So I have emailed Apple support three times in the last week. So be patient, guys. That's just a general update. We're working on it. As soon as as we can get it set up, we will make it happen. What is your next piece? My next piece is from Mike Will. Uh, And this is in regards to my pick for underrated book last week. Uh, Yao saw that Teen Titans number 75 for $1,600. And a New York Comic Con this summer, and this this is uh, teenage or teenage mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Teen <laughs> Titans number seventy five. This is a gorgeous cover by Adam Hughes uh, of uh, Coriander uh, flying on the cover. It is, in my opinion, one of his best works, and it's one of those rare variant covers that people who are collecting Adam Hughes should look for. It has. It has had a value to it for quite some time. Typically, around eight to nine hundred dollars is where I would probably put it right now. There are people on eBay and people at cons that are looking to sell it for twice that, as we can see here in this example. If I, 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 I wouldn't pay sixteen hundred dollars for this book. I think eight, nine hundred, maybe a thousand would be 
the cap that I would pay for it uh, because it is a very niche niche book. It's it really uh, appeals to those Adam Hughes fans. So unless unless you just have to have it in your collection and you don't ever plan on getting rid of it, stay away from these uh, $1,600 price point books. I really think people are trying to take advantage of the scarcity of this book by inflating the value and and hoping to to you know snare some people at that at that level. Plus, it's a con. Uh, no, no pun intended. Uh, books are always marked up a bit to pay for that booth space and things like that. So right. just keep your eyes open. I think I do agree. I think as scarce as it is, there aren't a lot of recorded sales to justify a $1,600 price. Plus, uh, you didn't mention if it was a 9.8 or if it was a raw copy or what was going on. So I'm curious about that as well. Yeah, and bargain, because um, you never know. You know, the, the, Especially mm -hmm. at cons, so they... They tend to be flexible about the price for people who are, who are, are, are cash buyers, especially. And my last piece of viewer mail is from our friend Prince of Cheese, who writes on Instagram. A question I bet Richard will be able to go on about it. What do you do when you find a super rare variant, but it's red to death or it's corner crunches? Hypothetically, if you came across a gold venom lethal protector, the white second print of Spider-Man 2099, and a G.I. Joe 21, but they were all 8.5s. Would you even bother? Or would you try to get them cheap and hold them for a decade? Are these things just going to keep running up like Silver Age does? Uh, good question. 8.5 ain't too shabby. Uh, I, I, I think it comes down to what is the asking price? Is it someone asking something ridiculous? Are they asking a 9.8 price for an 8.5 book? Uh, did you find it in a dollar bin? Did you find it, you know, for $4.99 or something? I think if it was priced right, I would get it. Um, you know, some corner crunches can be pressed out. Some can't. If it's got color loss or color breaking, you know, then let it be. Um, but I would be happy with a G.I. Joe 21 in an 8.5 and try to <laughs> try to sell that if the price was right. So uh, cheese. I think it really just uh, matters what the price is, uh, Richard. I, I totally agree. I, I, I think we live in um, in a world that that is overly weighted towards nine point eights. Uh, our friend from City Comics, for example, he collects nine point because he figures that is a, a a good quality book, and yet you avoid the nine point eight tax that people pay for those those high end books. So definitely, I would pick up any book, any of the super rare books all day long, uh, because they, uh, you know, especially if you're buying them at, at a really reasonable price, you're buying from Dollar Bin or you buy 20 bucks for, let's say, a ghost, a ghost spider from um, uh, from that run. It, it definitely is worth picking up because you never know. In 9.8s could be uh, uh, like like Miles Morales and that 9.8 could be four hundred dollars today. And then in six months, it could be $3,000. And in that case, that 8.5 could may, may only be a $7,500 book today, but tomorrow it could be a, a $600 book. So definitely pick them up, put them in your long box, and uh, just, just, just hold off. You never know what, where uh, you're going to strike gold. Yeah, and if you get a, a good deal on it and you're looking to flip it, you know, there are people that can't afford a 9.8 of G.I. Joe 21, and, and an 8.5 priced right would be really uh, appealing to them. So, yeah, uh, yeah, look for a deal. Yeah, and, right. and, and, and realize not all damage is on the front cover, too, that pulls the grade down. And if it presents really well, 
you know, that could be a, that, that's a great piece for someone's collection to show off that, you know, ownership. Exactly. All right. What's your last piece of viewer mail? My last piece is from uh, Nas Feast. Uh, Richard uh, wearing his Spider-Man shirt. I have an amazing Spider-Man uh, 100 shirt, which I love. It's mm. one of my favorite covers. Uh, it's just a very, very amazing. Uh, some great comics. I have noticed a lot of Silver Age books are low in price. Also notice the Secret Wars number eight is nowhere near where it uh, should be in value for some reason. Hmm. You know, I Silver Age are are taking off right now. Now, if if you have an opportunity to buy Silver Age keys, I would recommend Silver Age keys over modern keys, uh, especially in this current market. So, if you know, buy that you know those those Spider Man um, under a hundreds, for example, uh, or X Men low, you know, the Claremont X Men, or um, actually those those aren't Silver Age, are they? Uh, Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, look, look for those older books, because right now I think some of them are undervalued. Um, for example, one of my favorite books is um, uh, Fantastic Four, number one, the Golden, Re uh, Golden um, Record reprint. For a long time, that book was just super cheap and you could buy uh, copies for a couple hundred bucks. Now, 9.6s are going for four thousand dollars. And uh, 9.8s are going for over nine. So, you know, picking up those Silver Age are, while they're cheap is a good move because it's uh, almost guaranteed that you'll see some kind of increase. And the Secret Wars number eight, yeah, that book has always been undervalued. It's always played second fiddle. Um, I, I, don't, I don't foresee any huge increase in, in the value of that book just because it's, it's got a track record of, of a sustained price through movie after movie. But if you come across one, I would definitely pick it up, especially the full set of Secret Wars. I think that's a it's a good collection to, to have right now. Uh, also, Secret Wars 8 is not a scarce book by any stretch. Uh, right. It was right. a huge miniseries that was topping the comic sales charts month after month after month. And people were buying multiples and, and keeping them pristine and bagged and boarded and their collection. So it's just not a tough book. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm going to uh, say, Richard, you ignorant slut on this one. And say, I think Secret Wars Eight is right where it needs to be. Frankly, no, I, I don't. I don't see it necessarily, um, you know, growing wings and doubling in price. But I think it's a consistently priced book. Yeah. You know, if a nine point eight goes for four hundred dollars now, it will always be four hundred dollars, if not, you know, four twenty, four fifty, someplace over there. That's an arbitrary number I picked. Up. I don't yeah. know what the cover but price is. I, I completely find myself shocked at things though, like Wolverine number one in nine point eight, the miniseries is now a thousand dollar book or close yeah. to it. And that's another one that is pretty plentiful in high grade. It's not uh, it was a hugely speculated book back in the day. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's supply and demand. Um yeah. you look at ASM three hundred, it's there's 23, 24,000 copies on this on the census, and yet it's one of the hottest books on the market. Um, crazy, it, yeah, well, it is a crazy, it's a crazy market in more than one way. That is a perfect segue to lead us right into our Instagram market watch without leave from Elite underscore Comics Eleven. Let's dance. And here he is now. It is the man himself from Elite underscore Comics 11, Ali. Ali, what's going on, buddy? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Ali. We have another guest sitting in with us this week. I don't know if you see uh, <laughs> there's a little tinker balls. Hey there. Say tinker hi. Bell. 
<laughs> uh, Richard, why why is his name Tinkerball? Well, it's his name. We the name started off as Tinker Bell because we thought it was a girl, but then we flipped him over and found out it was a boy. So I changed it to Tinkerball. Pardon um, me, Tinkerball. <laughs> we're fostering kittens from the APL. If you have a local APL, please check out fostering. You get to play with cute kittens for six weeks. It's, oh, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. All right. Well, speaking of uh, giving things new homes, three huge, huge <laughs> keys this week found new homes. Uh, I'm going to guess that they're very high-end, uh, expensive new homes based on the, the uh, sales that we saw. Quality uh, homes, yep. What is yet. the first one you have this week? All right. So. Well, sorry, tell us a little bit about Elite underscore Comics 11. How, how could I forget the best part? As we usually do. So we're at Elite underscore Comics 11. We're Instagram's premier consignment page. We're always uh, posting and selling high-end comics. So check us out. But I'm here, as usual, to share a few of the bigger kind of highlight sales from the page the past week or so. And this week is special. So you're going to immediately realize that. So right yeah. off the bat. Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number One. This is the first Sinister Six. It's a CGC. It was a CGC 8.5 with white pages. It sold for fourteen thousand nine hundred and ninety-five dollars via the page. Uh, those early square-bound Silver Age Marvel annuals are so tough in grade because the glue is funky, the covers get wrinkled around the staples, and the corners split when the glue dries over years. And to find one in an 8.5 with white pages and, and that one, it's just such, such a classic Steve Ditko and Stan Lee uh, tale is just phenomenal. GPA... Uh, last sale for that was in August uh, of, uh, oh yeah, this August. Okay. It was uh, for 13,000. Doesn't surprise me that a white pager has a premium like that. Um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm giddy with the condition of this book and the kitten threw me off. <laughs> yeah. And we got that trailer. So the, the Spider-Man world appears to be just opening up and right skip steps potentially and see all these characters sooner rather than later. I think people are really excited about that. Well, speaking about the, speaking of the Spider-Man world opening up, uh, it doesn't get any keyer than the next key. Yeah. What an incredible book. So I'm biased. My favorite book, amazing fantasy number 15, the first appearance of Spider-Man uh, CGC 5.0 with white pages sold on our page. Uh, for $72,500. Wow. And as we're recording this, um, Heritage, uh, you know, just had a huge sale on an AF-15, a 9.6, 3.6 million. So, uh, you know, the Spider-Man, I mean, used to be king of the Silver Age. Why don't we just cross out Silver Age and say <laughs> <laughs> king of comics? It is the <laughs> most expensive comic book ever sold. Now, yeah. uh, remember, Richard, probably more so than you, you youngin, uh, Action Comics number one was always the oh, yeah. one. That was the one. And then for a while, it was Marvel Comics number one was the one. And now it's Amazing Fantasy 15. It, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't. No, it, you know, it used to be, you know, Action Comics number one. Action Comic number one has always been unobtainium. 
You know, you were, yeah. you were never going to run into one of those books uh, at, at, at a con uh, unless it was a special occasion. AF-15 was one of those books that was, was expensive, but it was obtainable. So I think it's developed a real, um, you know, real cachet with collectors and, and Spider-Man in general is is one of the most well-known superheroes on the planet. So I'm not surprised at all that we're seeing the increase in this book. I, I, frankly, I don't think we're, we've seen the the end of it because not only do we have the new Spider-Man movie, we've got uh, a Spider-Man, uh, a Spider-Verse movie coming up later next year. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be an ongoing situation. So I think this this was a good buy, as was the three point six million dollar one. Here's how crazy this book is: of a five point sold back in November for thirty three thousand six hundred dollars, but in June a four point five you know, a half grade lower sold for $51,111, which is a sniper bid if I've ever seen one before. Uh, <laughs> I've won one, 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 one. Uh, so, you know, this is a white page or two and there's minimal Marvel chipping on this. Uh, it's such a beautiful book and people get these in their collections and they don't let go. Right. You know, while there is the upgrade. Yeah. While there is accessibility, I want to temper that accessibility with a couple of things. People don't let them go once they get them. And it was the last issue of a failing title. So the print run comparatively was low. So it also is very prone to that Marvel chipping because this was a part of uh, Marvel's history when they had cheap printing and cheap production and they didn't replace the blades uh, often As enough. Opposed to uh, today, you know, how, how, <laughs> The high quality of their paper. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast, Richard. If you want to get into the poor quality of Marvel's new books, which they're awful. Uh, but at least they replace the razor blades uh, every once in a while when they trim them. So we don't see Marvel chipping up. Who knows what will happen in, in 45 years, though, to these books. I, I do want to say, though, like, so, you know, inevitably people are going to start talking about scarcity between AF-15 and Action 1, Detective 27. And, you know, those are great books. Don't have to really explain that. People know about that. But I just want to point out, um, I do hear the scarcity argument. Obviously, 9.6, I think there's only four of them anyway. But regardless, I think people really undervalue the demand in supply and demand. Okay? Mm -hmm. Like, crazy demand can overcome, like, you know, a little bit more supply. And mm -hmm. especially, like... As you said, you're dealing with a cultural icon. People get a hold of this book. If they decide to sell it, especially now, like they have to basically be coming to peace with the fact that they might not be able to get one again. Yeah. But guess what? Very likely to hold. So something to keep in mind as we compare those three giants. And generational shift. Uh, you know, Spider-Man is the number one hero for, I would say, four generations now. Superman used to be that hero. And, you know, does anybody run across anyone that, under the age of 50 that goes, I love Superman. <laughs> it's identifiability. So I mean, everybody can identify with being a, a, a teenager. Uh, and a teenager, teenager that's uncomfortable in their own skin. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the attraction of, of Spider-Man versus Superman or Batman. 
Well, if you really want to go down that route, and we can do that on another time when we don't have Ali here to bore him to tears, uh, <laughs> Superman used to resonate like that because he was an allegory for immigrants. Uh, you know, someone from another place coming in with no support system and and uh, making his way. And, and he was a big time socialist. If you read those early action comics, he was, uh, you know, beating up union busters and corporate corporate uh, sharks. And and uh, it was really interesting. And, and I don't know if that resonates the way it used to, because now he's got like a son and. Right. <laughs> I don't All know. Those concepts, like, I mean, they're very interesting. I actually haven't thought much about them just yeah. from my own generation. So, those concepts, I mean, they're definitely not being conveyed very clearly nowadays. So. Correct. Yeah. I, and by the way, Richard, I can hear Evan screaming at us all the way from Cleveland, uh, RTC guy, Evan, <laughs> uh, disagreeing. So, we may need a, a count, uh, counterpoint, point, counterpoint. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one last one, and it, it, speaking of identifiable and people identifying with these characters, this is the big one besides uh, Amazing Fantasy. So this is the big one. It's a big one for us, too. This is the biggest single book we've ever sold on our page. Looking forward to breaking that record, but this is it. X-Men number one, CGC 9.0, off-white to white pages, the first appearance of Magneto and uh, and some other people. <laughs> hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Wow! Yeah. I I think people like this because you know they're big Iceman fans, and this is yes. the appearance of Iceman. Uh, a GPA on this a nine point sold for ninety five thousand dollars back in March, which may as well have been you know in nineteen sixty two or sixty three uh, when the way things move so fast in this market. Um, X-Men number one, giant size X-Men number one, even X-Men 94. Now these are three books that just, it, if you haven't gotten on it, it's probably too late for 95% of us, uh, included. I remember, uh, making an offer on an X-Men 94 on an elite underscore comics 11 live sale um, <laughs> early in the summer and getting turned down. And I thought, I'll get it later. I'm not going to come up and now i'm like why didn't i grab that 8.5 when i had the chance so yeah x-men number one is another one that uh is really prone to chipping so to find this at a 9.0 is wow really yeah and you on this book i mean i've i've had the pleasure of seeing a ton of copies so your eye always wander wanders to that bottom right corner yep and uh, where that, you know, that red is there on the bottom right corner. Um, so, you know, there's just, it was a beautiful, it's a beautiful 9.0. Um, if, you know, you mentioned that one GPA sale, there was a sign Stanley that sold for um, actually a over this, about 20K over. <laughs> um, but, you know, X-Men 1 had slowed down a little bit, I think, mm -hmm. overall. And, and obviously, it's, you know, I'll reference the heritage sales that are happening as we speak, but the book's coming back. So, uh, Especially once uh, that trailer drops or that announcement is made when they're coming to the MCU proper. Uh, yeah, I, I, that, uh, that book and Daredevil number one have something in common in terms of uh, condition. And it's that upper left-hand corner where the uh, corner box is, where the, the, the branding box, that upper 
left-hand corner is always dinged for some reason. And I don't know if it's something that happened in the shipping of both those books or what. So to find a 9.0 in this is just mwah, chef's kiss. Congratulations yeah. to the buyer and the seller. Yeah. Congratulations. This, uh, you know, as John said, the opportunities to pick up these books are dwindling because mm -hmm. they're going into people's collections and they're staying there because people are waiting for the MCU to announce Wolverine and all the other mutants. And then this book is going to the, 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 the sale price today is going to be a shadow uh, of what the price and the value will be at that time. So if you have not gotten your sliders, number one yet, I would move <laughs> on it while you have the chance. Uh, Ali, remind everybody where they can find you again. Yeah, need help on a book? Want to see some big books uh, offered up for sale? Head over to at Elite underscore Comics 11 on Instagram. We'll help you out. Thank you, and we will catch you next time. All right. Thanks, guys. See you, Lee. Thank you, Ali. And we're going to move on to something controversial, maybe. All right. We asked you guys, what would you feel about a comic NFT watch? Half of you were for it. Half of you were vehemently against it. Strangely, same thing with this show. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So guess what? Half of you are going to be really happy right now. And the other half of you, we will see you on Monday. <laughs> but seriously, folks, uh, stick around. You might learn something, even if you don't want to. It is time for our inaugural edition of the Comic NFT Watch. Two new drops happened this week on the VV app. What if number one mm, and yeah. Hulk future imperfect number one, Richard, what the hell? I have no idea. The only thing I could think of, you know, there are obvious picks like uh, giant size X-Men Avengers number one. Um, there, there's, there are books out there that I think are guaranteed sales and they may be trying to spread those out by, by, you know, including filler books into the schedule. Uh, but I think even even with that strategy, there are so many other mid-tier books out there that, you know, the first cable, for example, I think would be a nice mid-tier book if you want to try not to focus on all your major keys. Um, why why these titles? I, I get what if the TV show, the right. Disney show. That is, that is topical. Time I, I can kind of give what if a, a, a little slack. Hulk future imperfect number one. I mean, it's a great story. Great George Perez art, you know, but are, if they're tying it in with something or hinting at something, it's the most obscure, subtle hint ever because I do not get it. Why not Hulk number one? Why or not even Immortal Hulk number one? Or, or even Immortal Hulk number one, or even Incredible Hulk 181, or either or Incredible Hulk 340. Could you imagine that? Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, I do not understand the title selection. Um, it's such a snooze of a pick. Bring on the keys already. Uh, I, I'm really excited for them to launch Slingers number one next week. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Darkhawk, maybe. Who knows? Even yeah. Darkhawk would make more sense because that's kind of a meme. I wonder if it's some um, licensing thing that they're required to do or I can't just, imagine. I it just can't imagine this is going to be a very, a very popular, but you know, the other titles sold out almost immediately. Oh, um, these, these, I, I will say both of them sold out within a minute, but they had uh, a smaller, they only had what? 35,000, 35 K for each yeah. one, which was interesting. So they kind of hedged their bets a little bit that these may not be as popular. 
I did go for one of the what ifs. I spent six ninety nine gems on <laughs> uh, on one what if, and I actually got an ultra rare. Uh, so great. they know how to bait that worm on that hook for me. Uh, they were like, "We got him!" He was about yeah. to leave. Yeah, so- I, I, I passed on this. I've I've decided that the only books that I, I'm even remotely going to be interested in are keys that I value. So you know, yeah. Ultima Fallout if it comes up, um, you know, uh, Hulk 181 things like that. If they show up, yeah, I'll I'll pop my head up. But if they do like New Mutants eight or yeah. you know some other random title just because they have the license for the characters, I'll pass. Now, what I'm debating is the what if ultra rare is going for about 179 gems in the marketplace right now. I'm thinking about actually selling it and just keeping those gems in my account. And then when things the Captain America related or Jack Kirby related that I want, I'm just using that to buy several of those because, you know, there have been some snoozers. House of X, who cares? Uh, You know, uh, the future imperfect one I really did not get. So. Otherwise, we're seeing some movement on some of the commons, finally, which is interesting. They've kind of languished uh, going for less than what they were uh, selling for originally in the marketplace. But some of them are finally going over the purchase price of $6.99. Marvel Comics number one common is currently at $15. Amazing Spider-Man number one common is kind of fluctuating. It was as high as $11 earlier this week. But as of this recording on Friday, it's seven bucks now, mm-hmm. uh, and the rest are anywhere from four to six bucks uh, for the commons. Yeah, we have. We I, I don't feel we have enough sales data to really have the prices be fixed. Yeah. Um, I think we're a few months away before before that happens. I, I do know because I've been watching the ultra rares are really interesting. The day of the drop, if you put an ultra rare up at an elevated price, 200 bucks, it'll go, it'll sell. Now, then you see it drop during the week and now copies are available for under 200. So it's weird depending on what the title is. Now, how about actual cash, jing, jing, money sales on eBay? The New Mutants 98 Secret Rare sold this week for $2,100 on eBay. The Fantastic Four number one super secret rare sold for a thousand dollars on eBay. That's cash. So they're they are selling for cash. Yeah. I, I have to wonder when a cash out option on the app becomes available, what's gonna happen to prices? Yes. I I, I assume they're gonna drop like a stone, to be honest with you. I feel that way too. I, I think it, it, this is funny money. It's uh-huh. monopoly money. You don't really think of it as cash when you're within the app. It's gamified and it's kind right. of fun but then yeah, when it starts becoming you know real dollars and cents i think we're gonna see something happen right when it's a choice between you know drinking that buying that starbucks or, or buying that common it may be a little bit more difficult of a choice well we'll also see what happens to the early ones i think people that got an early will benefit mm-hmm. uh i think it, it some more iconic titles come i can't imagine if they do Amazing Fantasy 15, are they going to limit it to 60,000? Are they going to try to go up to 100K for the run? Who knows? But uh, we will keep you posted on this. I don't know if we're going to do this weekly, but we'll at least do it once a month and keep you guys in the loop. You let us know. All right, everybody that hated NFTs, come on back. <laughs> we're back now. We're done. Uh, 
Uh, I just want to say thanks for watching today. We will see you Monday. Make sure you follow us at Bronze of Modern Gods on Facebook and Instagram. And follow us on our website at bronzeofmoderngods.com. I don't know if you can follow it. Just go visit it. Like this video. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Richard, any last thoughts? Uh, no. <laughs> Everybody well, stay safe. That's going to do it for us. <laughs> See you next time, everybody. Okay.